and welcome to the Crime Files podcast. Today is a very special episode as I'm joined by three colleagues who work in the editorial department at Hachette and we thought this would be a great opportunity to quiz them and get the inside scoop on all the things we really want to know about publishing such as advice on how to get a book published or even what books we should be looking out for in 2019. So to kick off, I'm going to quickly go around and ask everyone to introduce themselves. Um, so firstly, my name is Maddie. I'm the marketing manager at Hodder & Stoughton. Uh, I'm a massive fan of crime fiction, most notably psychological thrillers and murder mysteries. And I especially love murder mystery events where I can get to play detective and suss out who the killer is. Um, I'm Eve Hall and I'm a commissioning editor for Hodder & Stoughton. Um, I just commissioned Crime and Thriller. Um, so anything dark and twisty and horrible, that is for me. Hello, I'm Toby Jones. I'm uh, editorial director for Crime and Thriller at Headline, and um, uh, I'm a devoted crime fan all the way from those classic hardboard noirs onwards. And I'm Steph Beerworth. Hello, I'm one of the publishers at Fiction Publishers at Quirkus, and yeah, predominantly uh, work on, on crime and thrillers as well, across the board from psychological suspense to spy thriller, a little bit of everything really. Perfect. Um, so to start off with, what do you guys look for in a crime novel when you're commissioning a book? What's really going to get you excited about uh, a particular author or a book? Um, I think always think it's the sort of an immediacy of a distinctive voice. That's something that's got um, that feels fresh and, and surprising and uh, a, a something that you automatically feel compelled to talk to other people about. That you, 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 know, you want to share it urgently, really. Yeah, I agree and I think it's quite often I find it's not really something that you can sort of point your finger at mm. but it's just sort of it's almost like you watch a TV series and you just fall in love with the atmosphere and somehow the way the story is being told uh, so I, ha I have that as well I think there's just some almost no on the first two pages if that's the book yeah. or not it's quite weird sometimes mm. for me it's also important to um to be surprised still Don't I know it's quite hard yeah. to do that these days because it's only so many crime stories I think that you can tell you know and some has all been done but there's still variations and you know some people do it really well with those and, that, and that surprise could come from it doesn't necessarily have to be with some shocking plot twist no. it could mm -hmm. be the way that characters behave or the setting mm -hmm. or like you say or the atmospherics but yeah. it needs to be something no, that feels right. new in there I think yeah um, I like just really inventive ideas that impress me so um, Stephen King, who we publish, is one of my favourite authors. I mean, everyone's one of everyone's yeah. favourite authors. <laughs> because um, every idea he's ever had seems to be the best idea anyone has ever had. And they're so impressive. So if you write a book with a really inventive um, hook, which you can sum up, when well, your agent can sum up in a one-line pitch, then I'm there and do it really well. Do you know, I was rereading recently Stephen King, uh, The Stand, you know, the 1,300-page mm. version, yeah. and I'd forgotten there's a chapter in there where it's essentially narrated by the dog, and it works brilliantly <laughs> throughout, and it's absolutely <laughs> seamless, and it adds to the story, and I was reading that just thinking, he really is just alarmingly brilliant yeah, in every way. Just genius. somehow not silly. You can write mm. anything, and it's just completely believable, and if, you know, if I tried to do it, it would... Come across as I love the idea wacky. of pitching that as an idea to your editor and you'd be like, in this chapter mm. there will be a scene and it will be from the dog's perspective. And like, okay, <laughs> what were you doing? <laughs> and it's kind of quite profoundly emotional as well. Yeah. It's really, really good. Oh, wow. I'll give it a go. I yeah. didn't realise. And I think what you both said about surprise as well, I think it's really hard for us because we're essentially trained in guessing the twist. Mm. Um, so if I get to the end of a book and I'm surprised by who the killer is, what's happened, I'm just... I'm bowled over. I'm so excited. So yeah, just 
trying to surprise us in a different way. Do you think you get better at like detecting who is going to be the killer because you read so much crime fiction? Do you think it helps or? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I when I think occasionally I think I've got a formula cracked mm. um, of. Oh, you know, person A, you're supposed to think it's person A, and then person B is a distraction person. Mm-hmm. And then I'll read another book and it will completely throw my formula off and I'm really pleased again. Yeah. We could get a whiteboard up here and you could do all <laughs> yeah. that algorithm or equation. So if you were going to give some advice or top tips for someone who's hoping to get published, what would you kind of advise them to do? What's like some good, good kind of advice for them? I think it's really important to read a lot and to read a lot you know predominantly obviously in the area that you want to get published Mm. as we're talking about crime and thrillers I think it's good to know what's out in the market and to see what's working so that you can also because so much of you know okay you can write a book for yourself but most people would like to see it published and to get it published you know you need to find an agent and I think pitching your book sort of from the start is so crucial and to know how to fit it in the market and yeah that kind of three uh, you know three line pitch mm. elevator mm. pitch that you just described they're so important I think and mm. it's not always easy to find that so I think to get yourself trained up on that is really important totally mm. I think it's that having that very clear sense of the book yeah. that you're doing is that you know one of the practicalities of, of publishing is that um, we don't always have much time to go into you know extended detail about the plot so having something that we can use a really potent bit of shorthand about with a pitch and a hook mm. is just gives a real clarity to it when, when we're right. talking about it here. So I think, like you said, that that's mm. a really, really good way to think about it and also to help um, sort of guide some of your writing instincts throughout. And I mean, I think the other thing is that you just have to keep writing, yeah. that mm. you inevitably will, you know, it's a, it's a, a heroic achievement to write a book and lots of that you just have to keep wading through bits that aren't perfect that you can revisit or come back to but you have to get it down on the page before you can you know before you can start to to turn it into the book that you really want it to be and I think if you're starting out or you you're stuck you don't know where to begin try writing short stories because that can be a way to just get the ball rolling and they seem more achievable and once you write a few really good short stories you're going to be more prepared and more inspired and more confident in trying to tackle a 90,000 word achievement of a novel um but yeah just keep writing and keep reading and then definitely keep reading yeah and then it's also I think useful looking in the long term try and get out there on social media with all the different authors who use that platform and local local writers groups and things like that and they can all help when you're actually getting published down the line yeah that's excellent thank you um so what books are you most looking forward to reading next year are there any on your 2019 list that you're thinking yeah. you know that this is a deliberately mean question to ask <laughs> yes yes sorry <laughs> i know you look after them we try and make it tough at crime files so <laughs> so i'm going to cheat slightly here because there's there's so much um so many brilliant things coming next year so i i'd go to um uh, slightly cheap by talking about the return of, of two sort of big American authors that I'm really looking forward to. So that's narrowing my field a bit, which is uh, Thomas Harris, who, of course, known for um, the Dr. Lecter, uh, Hannibal Lecter books, um, that I still think that Red Dragon and Sons of the Lambs are absolute masterpieces in um, crime fiction. And if you haven't read them and you've seen the films, go and read the books because they are uh, just extraordinary in every way. So he's got a standalone coming back this year. Can I just recommend on that note, if you 
find you've got too much to read, listen to the Silence of the Lambs audiobook. Because it's, it's so good and so cre- creepy. The reader is just mm. perfect for it. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's good. Um, so he's coming back with a standalone novel next year, which um, is at this point uh, intriguingly vague. I don't think we've heard <laughs> even a title for it yet, so I'm oh, excited about exciting. that. And then Don Winslow's um, got his uh, next novel, um, The Border, which is part of uh, an ongoing series of books of his that are kind of loosely around the drug wars between uh, the US and uh, Mexico and the police. And he's just just such a, an amazing writer there's a real kind of muscularity and and potency to his to his writing and it, it's page turningly brilliant but also says a lot about um sort of people and uh uh the kind of enduring miseries we put ourselves through so they're two that um i would i would suggest everyone keeps an eye out for brilliant thank you good choice um there's one book that um, I'm really looking forward to reading in its entirety because I only read half of it on submission. I was heartbroken when I didn't get Aww. it. It's a book called The Chestnut Man that oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think you were really yeah. keen. Yeah. I have a still on my desk. Well. So um, it's written by Soren Swistrup, the creator of The Killing, and Michael Joseph um, Penguin are publishing it. I think it's coming out in January. January. Mm. So I'm really looking forward to yeah, just getting to the end and find out what's actually <laughs> happened because on submission it was only half of it. Mm. I, I think it was 100 pages. You read, that's right. So that's going to be exciting. I've heard a lot of great things about the rumor, which is a book mm, that yeah. Transworld are releasing. And um, I'm really looking forward to reading Erin Kelly's new book, um, Stone Mothers, which I've heard amazing things about already. I can sneak you a proof. Yes, I would love that. (laughs) That's brilliant. I'm going to really cheat. Um, It's the nature of our job that we have lots of things to read, and I'm always a bit behind on what's (laughs) what's actually coming out. Um, So the things I'm looking forward to reading most are things which I've seen on my bedside table for the last month or so, and I'm desperate to read. Um, One being Tangerine. Nice, Um, yeah. (laughs) Partly because it's got such a beautiful cover. Mm. Um, yeah, I'll go with that one. Yeah, that sounds great. Um, and so, what have you? Uh, what are you looking forward to um, that you will be publishing in the first half of next year? Is there a book that you're really excited about that you've you've worked on? So I'm gonna be really diplomatic. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to everything I'm publishing next year. Um, I don't really want to single out any names because no, they, that is fair. They're all too good. Yeah, they've all got something about them which I'm looking forward to. Brilliant. Um, yeah, I've got. I was going to pick out a few things. So one is uh, of coming in. Um, this is in kind of chronological order. One is a book called The Hunter by an author, Andrew Reed, which is about uh, a female mixed martial artist that um, gets pulled into a conspiracy when her troubled genius brother disappears. And it's it's just an extraordinarily good read. It's got plot and pyrotechnics and punch-ups, but it's all kind of effortlessly cool on the page. So that's mm. in February and we're looking forward to. And it's actually been out in ebook already and was shortlisted for the um, Scottish Crime Book of the Year at the uh, Bloody Scotland Festival. So um, right. that's really good. And then another book uh, called Past Life by an author called Dom Nolan, um, which is about a policewoman who um, is, well, she's kidding. We don't know at the time that she's a policewoman, but it opens up with a woman waking up in a room with no memory of why she's there or who she is. And she manages to escape from this locked room from these sort of horrible men. Um 
who throw off a balcony and then we rejoin her a year later and we find out that she was a police detective and she was married and she's got a 15 year old son and she still has no memory mm. and it's all about her picking up the case that she was investigating when she was taken and trying to almost find a sense of herself through it and it's it's got a great hook but it's a and a really compulsive read, but it's sort of wonderfully lyrical and savagely thrilling, and there's just some sort of wonderfully inventive writing throughout it. And then, can I cram one more in? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> uh, a book called Found, which is not till July next year, by um, an author, Aaron Kinsley, which is about uh, a missing boy who's who's kidnapped and then or take disappears, and then he's found inadvertently three months later. Um, and return to his family, but he refuses to speak. And it's a sort of very tender and sort of devastating family drama about what happens when a catastrophic event like that and a boy goes back to his family. But the other half of it is the police desperately trying to find out who took him to prevent any of the children going missing. So if you like things like Broadchurch or The Missing, it, it's sort of an absolutely fantastic uh, read and, and reduced me embarrassingly to tears in public on at least one occasion. So when is I, that coming? It's in July. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, I'd love to have a proof yeah. of that. Well, I've got proofs in, Massive in January. Massive fan of, of Broadchurch. And, yeah, it's also, very much in that vein. Yeah. And uh, you, it's almost impossible to survive it with a, without a few tears. That's okay. I think that's necessary sometimes <laughs> to cry. Yeah. I think that's amazing. The writing is so good that yeah, you actually you just feel like mm-hmm. you're walking around feeling sad or upset. Yeah. And you're like, why do I feel like this? Like, oh, because I've yeah. I think people are effect. often surprised how emotional crime and thriller mm. fiction can Absolutely. be. I mean, obviously, it's very often emotionally charged in terms of the violence, but there can also be very yeah subtle moments and yeah. yeah different feelings as well. Well, we were talking about earlier about how when, a, you know, one of your favourite characters is killed off and you just feel like that sense that's of loss. Right. And you're like, no, how can you have done that? Don't so do it. Exactly. Everyone, these are the people responsible. So, <laughs> yeah. no, That's very true. Um, what have you got publishing? Um, yeah, year? I mean, we've got loads of things coming up. Um, and, you know, just looking at very early in the new year, we've got in February, um, Sam Bourne's new thriller, To Kill the Truth, coming up, which we're all really excited about. Um, Sam Bourne is the Guardian journalist Jonathan Friedland who writes so brilliantly every day in The Guardian about what's going on in our mad world and um, he's, he's so amazingly talented yes. to do both those things simultaneously <laughs> exactly and it's quite scary how well, he's just sort of transformed I think all of his research and this everyday work into a really super pacey um, political thriller which we're very excited about so it's mm. about someone who's trying to eliminate history and uh, all the truth and facts that we have, you know, that we've built our society on. And yeah, it's it's scarily close to kind of certain things that are going on in this world yes. at yeah. the moment. <laughs> so we're very excited about that. And that's coming in February. Fantastic. Well, that's one of the things, isn't it, about crime, is that um, you have all those um, things that people love about it, the sort of whodunit and things. But it it's so often acts as a way of exploring different themes, doesn't it, through through the cipher of a, of a, a kind yeah. of a crime whodunit but it's quite often I think crime as a genre can be the sort of canary in the mind and going down first and looking at different issues and themes that's right mm. I agree and Cass what trends have you kind of noticed coming up in crime and fiction uh, this kind of this year or, or you know come, predicting like what might happen is there anything that you've seen that's um, I know we've had like recently years of like loads of psychological thrillers. Is that still kind of on the agenda, or is there other things breaking through? I think that's still yeah. really, really strong. Yeah. Still, the big debuts yeah. of this year have mostly been in that area still. So mm. people still want them; they're still coming. But I think yeah. the standard now is just in terms of both um, hook and plot and 
quality of writing is just really, really high. Yeah, you yeah. need something a little different to pull it out, mm. uh, at least to kind of pitch it effectively with your team and to make give it that extra special something. Mm. Uh, but I think also for the audience, because there have been so many that have been quite similar, I think. Yeah. Um, so it's always quite refreshing. At the same time, you know, I think it's, it's difficult because I think us in publishing as editors, we're often looking deliberately for something different because we mm, yeah. often read so many submissions and it's sometimes quite samey. But then actually it's, um, you know, yeah, certain trends there just still keep going. And, you know, so one mustn't to kind of be too worrying too much about moving away from that and yeah. desperately trying to find something new. And kind of coming back to, to, to what you said earlier, it's, it is the kind of enduring success of a book with a, a really strong hook and then brilliant writing, isn't it? There's <clears> lots of those debuts that... Um, have done so terrifically well this year have got such a clear sort of vision and pitch of the book where you yeah, can describe yeah. it in sort of six words and you're immediately intrigued by it and as for what's coming I mean when you find out Maddie you can let us know <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have no idea I'm marketing reward for you we will be spending the next 48 hours tweaking the yes. equation um any yeah, predictions I, of wacky trends going? Or? I, I don't know about <laughs> wacky trends. I, I think maybe more procedurals coming back, more people coming together and solving crimes mm-hmm. rather than unsettling domestic situations mm. with huge crazy twists. Maybe bit, maybe less gigantic um, twists that you can't guess. Um, uh, I guess we can learn a lot from looking at what works on television as well so things like Killing Eve so hopefully lots yeah. of really cool female, female characters <laughs> hopefully more diverse both writers and characters as well yeah. but it's really hard to say That'd yeah I think that's no, agreeing yeah. that's fantastic um, and as we're kind of we're approaching the new year and we've got Christmas to come first I just thought it'd be fun to ask um, why do you think people have kind of this I guess it's kind of morbid maybe not morbid fascination for like cosy crime or murder mysteries at Christmas because it seems to me Christmas is a time with your family and then suddenly everyone wants to watch the new Agatha Christie well that's your answer you spend five days with your family you almost inevitably want to kill someone yeah it brings out the best and the worst of people I think so I think you want comfort but you also want intrigue and a challenge and it's a I mean what is Agatha Christie but a comfortable Mm. challenge and it's a bit like you know, you play Trivial Pursuit with your family and that's got this mixture of um, challenge and horror. Mm. And maybe that's one you want in your in your fiction as well. Yeah. yeah. But I think in, in... I think I read this somewhere that, you know, in, in real life there are certain um, things throughout the calendar where murder rates go up, one of which still tends to be yeah. the full moon. And, really? um, yeah. and yeah, in A&E you have sort of 25% more people there at a full moon still and I think another one and especially in the states that they call them like the, the Christmas um, uh, the Christmas fairy murders where there's an argument about who puts the fairy or the star on the top of the tree that suddenly erupts <laughs> oh into these sort of you know, family family arguments um, mm. but there's a sort of that so that's terrifying I think it's probably much more civilised <laughs> yeah. that we sit in front of Agatha Christie with a box of corn exactly. yeah. <laughs> a, lot, a lot safer sounds yeah. like it. and I think sometimes it's a nice anecdote Anecdote, that's, that's not the right word. Antidote um, <laughs> to how sweet and jolly everything else around mm. Christmas is. I remember the end of the end of the year, um, last year or the year before, I came back to London after seeing my family and just sat down in front of that amazing Agatha Christie um, yes, uh, very show dark. on the BBC. Mm. And it was just, oh, this is different from <laughs> Jingle Bells on repeat and 
playing with children and yeah. I've yes, had too many fun Christmas jolly songs yeah like, it's quite nice again some gritty horrible mm. murder there's <laughs> yeah. a new one coming with John Malkovich I've oh, seen really? I don't know if it's either on Sky or Ooh. BBC so when I look really uh, ABC murders I saw an advert for that mm. recently, oh I can't so wait yeah. I don't know when probably they're Broadcasting that at Christmas, yeah. who knows? <laughs> I, I, it's fun because I always think, you know, I'm a massive fan of Agatha Christie, and I always think oh, I've read quite a lot of them, mm. and then I, you discover ones, and you think, oh, yeah. I've never, I've never read that one. Yeah. I don't know that yeah. one. Yeah. It's great. So, yeah. It's also quite fun to just watch with the family, and then every time there's a tea break, you can have mm. an argument about right who did it, <laughs> and you all have theories, and you're all wrong if, if the show's good. Yeah, um, and that's just a good fun thing to do as well. Yeah, totally. Mm. Definitely. Um, so we've talked a lot about um, crime fiction thrillers, but do you read any other genres as well? Or are you guys kind of only obsessed with reading? I was just curious to know if you have other interests in other areas. Uh, I do read. Um, I, I quite like I like to have some, some non-fiction okay. um, and some of which is admittedly true crime. But yeah. um, <laughs> but I do like reading non-fiction. I think that's, um, you know, there's been some fan, such there's such brilliant sort of narrative non-fiction out there that the storytelling mm. and that can be um can be grabbing so I think it's a bit of a break but I think it's fair to say spend a lot of time reading crime and thriller yeah, yeah. true crime is fascinating as well because sometimes it's so bizarre that you're like this has to be fiction or you know you mm. watch things you think mm. how did this happen it, mainly in America you're like how has this yeah. happened or this crime happened or they still haven't found the killer and it's just there's something really exciting about yeah you, you know it's not real that's nicely timed siren yeah. for, our, <laughs> for our podcast yeah. Um, yeah, I read. I read all sorts. Um, I read sort of reading group literary fiction, crime fiction, um, anything that people recommend to be ready. Yeah, likewise. I was like reading quite like reading screenplays as well, just because really? you can. Just because I think that's often good. Um, just having dialogue in that way is a sort mm. of interesting to see how different. Yeah, that's done in a different thing. Um, just mm. as a sort of slight, you know, devoted film fan I find myself yeah. crazy reading different yeah. I think I'm quite weird because I almost <laughs> only read crime and thrillers having mm. said that I'm reading Michelle Obama's Becoming at the oh, moment as well. I think every 10 years I pick up a non-fiction <laughs> book and I need something aspiring at the moment so that's why I'm reading that but uh, and it's very good of course but um yeah I so yeah. rarely read non-fiction I don't, I don't yeah. I, maybe no, I need I, to get into it I, I need to pick a really yeah. good true crime one I think to yeah. sort of I'm, ease me in yeah I only read fiction I think I just like escaping from the real world yeah, so yeah. for me it's like yeah that's why I'm reading for the enjoyment mm. of just getting out of current <laughs> situations yeah <laughs> so. Yeah, um, and yeah. What have you read recently? Anything recently that you'd like to recommend? I'm gonna have to um, mention the new Jane Harper, mm. um, which is coming out next year. The, um, the Lost Man, which is I think uh, is her third, and it's just. I mean, I'm sure uh, everyone who's listened to this will have read The Dry, which is just a, a remarkably brilliant book. And it's uh, the Lost Man. It's just sort of just as good. It's really the, just the. Um, vividness and of the Australian landscape and the, the sort of brutality of that isolation is done so well, and that it's, it's such a deceptively clever book that you it's really really page turning read. But there's the, the sort of architecture of how she builds it up is actually quite astonishing. So I would I think that's coming out in February next year. So through oh, our no, colleagues, Little Brown, and that it's, it's really really good. The special book, a very special book. Um, the last one I think that I've read, published novels, I think was Belinda Bauer's Snap, which oh. I think is called really great hook. I've actually not quite finished yet, but the mm. opening is just absolutely amazing and I think brilliant idea. And you know, she's 
won so many awards and shortlists for it. So I think, yeah, um, that's my last one. Um, I haven't finished it yet, but I'm reading Stone Mothers. Um, oh, nice. Mm-hmm. By the lovely Erin Kelly, <laughs> um, which is just as good as everyone hoped. Um, and the list of author quotes already of authors who are reading proofs and loving it is just incredible. I think you, yeah, we had Paula Hawkins, I think, the other day. Wow. Um, nice. <laughs> yeah, so I'm reading that and I'm really enjoying it. And before that, something quite different. I read The Mars Room, um, which is about a young woman's experience in prison in America, um, which was fantastic. Great. Um, and just, yeah, the last question, we're just thinking ahead to the new year and just whether you have any New Year's resolutions for 2019. These could be book-related or they could just be, off. The, you know, could just be, I need to stop biting my nails. Or... Personal things. <laughs> <laughs> I think I should probably read a bit more widely, so I should try yeah. and tackle that in the new year. I often think that that would be good for me. Mm. Um, but then I probably it's reverse so it. You know, like with all those New Year's resolutions, like I'm going to go more to the gym and then when yeah. you come to February... <laughs> So I'll report back next yeah. year when we're doing this when the again. Next <laughs> yeah, we, we, will, we will examine everyone's yeah. resolutions and check what they've met. Photographic evidence to prove that yeah. they yeah. have been. Um, so I really enjoy making New Year's resolutions. I so rarely keep them, but there's normally a day in between Christmas and New Year um, where I sit down with a very large glass of white wine and write an entire page of resolutions. And I keep like the two easiest ones, um, but the intention is there. And they're all really obvious. Oh, yeah. this year I'm going to learn a language. Mm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I normally do the sort of the easier ones. So none yet. I'm sure there'll be a few return characters from the last few years. But, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> the usual uh, suspects. Mm. I don't know. I, I, I think having had many years of almost immediate failure with news resolutions <laughs> I'm going to tactically avoid them this year yep, and then something good. magical might just happen yeah, yeah, and yeah. 1152 <laughs> have a revelatory moment exactly. yeah. things that I need to do yeah. Perfect. Um, well, that's um, the end of our podcast, really. I just want to say a big thank you uh, to Eve, Toby and Steph um, for giving up your time today to join us. It's been really interesting um, to chat to you guys. And oh, thanks thank so you. much for listening to our thank podcast. You. Yeah, thank you. Um, don't forget, if you'd like to find out more um, about Prime Files, you can follow us on social media and sign up to our newsletter for all the exclusive news about our new books. Um, thanks again for listening and we'll hopefully see you again soon. Bye from all of us. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.